Good morning. Welcome to The Briefing. I'm Tom Tilley, and this is the show that gets you up to speed every morning with the news that you need to know. It is Friday, the 1st of May. Jan Fran is here. Hello, Jan. Hello. What a pleasure to be joining you on the first day of May. Yeah. Very cold in some parts of the country. Snow in the Alps. Yeah. Oh, okay. Didn't know mm. that. Bloody hot in here. I could tell you what. Someone put the air conditioner up, please. Yep. It is going to get hot in here today. We're talking about us, Australians. We've absolutely nailed it when it comes to flattening the curve, which is amazing. But I feel like we've learned some interesting things about ourselves along the way. I love this briefing topic so much because I think that in decades to come, researchers are going to be looking back at the great toilet paper fiasco of March (laughs) 2020 and trying to work out what did we do and why, you know? We think of ourselves as relaxed, carefree. Those images from the toilet paper rolls didn't really give me that impression. No, look, they didn't. Suspicious of authority. We all jumped on that app pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, we, we do tend to have a like a mythology that we're sort of this Ned Kelly-ish type of person. I don't know how much that played out in this pandemic, though. Yeah, well, we're going to find out in just a moment. Who are we and what did we learn about ourselves as a nation during the time of corona? All right, before we get to that, let's find out what else is going on in the world today. Well, how good does this sound? Mm. We've been starting on good news a few times this been week. A fair bit this week, yeah. Um, and... Look, it continues. From today, people in New South Wales can have two people over. Yes, ma'am. So basically, that just means that any two adults and their children, of course, can visit anyone else. Now, it's not the only place that's getting a taste of freedom. Uh, From midday, public pools and golf, they are back on the cards in the NT. So if you're an avid swimmer slash golfer living in the Territory, good for you. Um, pubs are also going to reopen, but in two weeks' time. Yeah, that's in the Northern Territory. do feel a bit like Santa Claus giving out presents with this little news update. There's so much good news. (laughs) It just feels so so joyous, so merry. Um, From tomorrow, Queenslanders are allowed to go out just for fun. They can drive 50Ks from home, ride a motorbike, go shopping, or have a picnic. I love how it's just for fun. You don't even need a reason. (laughs) It's just to have fun. South Australia... Hasn't officially announced any changes yet, but um, The Australian is reporting that it will be the first state to drastically wind back its rules and return to life as normal. But this is likely to happen by May 21. So South Australians are just going to have to hold on for another three more weeks or so. Yeah, if you're listening from Victoria, Tassie or the ACT, uh, your governments are taking a, a tougher line. No changes there right now, even though the ACT has no new active cases. Victoria's discovered a suspected cluster at an aged home in Melbourne's east, and Tasmania is, of course, still dealing with that cluster in the northwest of the state that has claimed another life overnight. Now, deciding which rules to ease will be at the top of the agenda of the National Cabinet, which is meeting today, um, it's also working out how the NRL and community sport will be able to get back on their feet again as well. Yeah, now we gave you a lot of info about uh, all of the states and territories. So some of the stuff that's happening in the NT is different to New South Wales, different to Queensland. So just make sure that you keep on top of whatever your state and territory is doing and don't do anything illegal. Yeah, take the lead from your state premiers or chief ministers. Let's go overseas for a sec. Now, yesterday we told you that China and Australia's relationship uh, is a little strained. Well, the US has weighed into that in support of us. Uh, They basically slammed China for threatening to boycott our universities and exports. Saw comments from the Chinese foreign ministry talking about a coercive activity with respect to Australia, who had the temerity to ask for an investigation 
Who in the world wouldn't want an investigation of how this happened to the world? Secretary of State Mike Pompeo there uh, commenting after China threatened to boycott some of our key exports. Um, Julie Bishop, our former foreign minister, has weighed in. She says we all need to relax. I think we should scale down the rhetoric, more calm and quiet diplomacy, so that we can understand more about this virus, how it got into human populations and whether decisions could have been taken that would have prevented its spread. Julie Bishop there speaking on the ABC. I think she's right in a way. Mike Pompeo was right as well. We do want to find out the origins of this virus. Again, it's about how we do that. And I wonder with all this sort of, all these words flying around, all this rhetoric, whether it's just that, just words. And that really when it comes down to it, market forces determine how much Aussie beef they buy. If they can get enough of it at a good price, they're going to buy it. If our unis are the best, they're going to come here and study here. I don't know if a politician shooting his mouth off is really going to shift those kind of markets. Yeah, I guess it depends how bad they get or if there's another country with better universities that they go to. There's a Twitter controversy out of Victoria. Um, Victoria's Deputy Health Chief Officer um, has gone viral, not exactly in a COVID sense, but she compared the coronavirus to the arrival of Captain Cook. Yeah, now I, I should say that she she did this yesterday and yesterday marked the 250 years since Captain Cook landed. So topical. So, well, well, topical, you can call it that. And uh, that's Victoria's Dr Annalise Van Diemen who made the tweet. And the tweet basically said, sudden arrival of an invader from another land, decimating populations, creating terror, COVID-19 or Cook 1770. I love that her last name's Van Diemen. Yeah. <laughs> look, a few Too people... Too good to be true. A few people on Twitter did point that one out. But, look, I, I think it sort of generated... Um, yeah, quite, quite, quite a few opinions, as Twitter tends to do, I think. So there's been a big backlash to that tweet. Victoria's opposition leader, Michael O'Brien, has called on her to resign. He said that Daniel Andrews, Deputy Chief Health Officer, should be working on giving Victorians a pathway out of Labor's lockdown, not giving us woke political commentary on Twitter. Yeah, the state's health minister is supporting her, though, Jenny McCarkos says that uh, she's doing an outstanding job protecting Victorians from the pandemic and uh, that criticism from angry MPs is irrelevant. All right, and this next story uh, will be very interesting for anyone who's ever felt uncomfortable about what comes up on them in a Google search. Um, a lawyer who's represented gangland figures like Tony Mockbell, who you might know from Underbelly, has won a defamation case against Google and he's got $40,000 in damages. George Defteros took the search engine to court arguing that it had blackened his name forever because one of the top search results uh, when you put his name into Google was an old article about how he'd been charged with conspiracy to murder three people, including Carl Williams. Yeah, you don't want that coming up in your Google search, do you? Um, the issue was that those charges were dropped the next year, but the article kept popping up um, from before that point. So Google tried and failed to argue that it wasn't to blame since the whole process is automatic. What comes up when you Google yourself, which I'm pretty sure that you do all the time? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it's been months since I've done it. Mostly just like articles about my career and what I'm doing and stuff. Um, is it generally okay or have you ever... It's, it's been good, but I, I did have some massive controversies when I was at Hack and those things came up for a while and that wasn't a great time in my Google search history. But you keep going in your career and you do other good things and that starts to come to the top of your search. What happens when we search Jan, Fran? Um, well, look, Just... I think so, so far so good, fingers crossed. 
Typing it in here. Wow, you've got your own website, your own Instagram, your own Twitter. Have you rigged your own Google search history? Yes, I paid Google to make me look good on the internet. Hopefully they do that for the rest of my life. You're listening to The Briefing, and in the second half of the show, Jan, Fran and I are going to brief you on a, a very interesting discussion that's coming up out of coronavirus. What have we learned about what it means to be Australian in this time? Yes, we are asking the big questions here on Friday. Who are we, Tom? (laughs) Well, you often learn a lot about who you are in a crisis. Yeah, we tend to sort of think of ourselves as, you know, relaxed, kind of laid back, carefree, a little bit suspicious of authority, you know, a bit Ned Kelly-ish, I think. But are we actually any of those things? It's now been downloaded by nearly 2 million Australians and has broad political support. Some of our most popular beaches are tonight again closed to the public after hundreds of people were caught breaking the rules. A Bankstown mother and daughter have been charged after a fight over toilet paper in Woolworths. Three women became involved in a toilet paper tussle. I just want one pack. No, not one pack. I can't be more blunt about it. Stop it. Oh, some of the key moments of the pandemic so far here in Australia, Jan, and they say a lot. I mean, if we were really relaxed, would we have been panic buying toilet paper and pasta? Yeah, and if we were, in fact, as carefree as what we think we are, why do we have so many rules? Why do we need a rule not to go to the beach? Why couldn't we have just... Not gone to the beach? (laughs) Nah, impossible. Yeah, and if we were so suspicious of authority, why would so many millions of Australians downloaded the tracing app so quickly? The question is, who are we as Australians? We're going to get to a social researcher in a moment. But first, our next guest is not a social researcher per se. He's a comedian, but he has spent decades reveling and riffing on the Australian <laughs> identity. Uh, Mulling it over, if Absolutely. You will. From tight-ass Tuesday um, right through to whatever he's about to say next. Merrick Watts, thanks for joining us on The Briefing. What, what do you think this crisis has shown about who we really are as Australians? Well, it's interesting. I think a lot of people are surprised by how compliant we've been as a nation. And some people are suggesting even that, you know, we're kind of under the thumb or under the rule uh, of our government, you know, similar to what we see in communist countries. But I actually don't believe it's so much about, you know, communism, more about stoicism. I think it's truly the Australian spirit in action. We've got behind the wheel as a nation. We've seen this as a challenge. And it is in our nature to be kind of like a team. We love sport. We're a really sporting nation. We've just gone, all right, every member of this team needs to pull their weight on this effort. So you don't think it's so much about us complying to the government as it is about us just wanting to kind of connect with a bit of solidarity with our fellow Australian. 100%, Jan, because I think that we are a rebellious nation and I think there is actually a breaking point. I think that if we had too many of our liberties uh, taken away from us in this time, I think there would be a point where we would tip over. And I think if we'd had things like you know a completely uh, restrictive non-outdoors policy, I think that would flip Australians out. Um, I think if we weren't able to take our children outdoors, I think that would be a trigger. And quite frankly, I think if they banned booze sales, we would blow up. (laughs) Yeah, I think the exercise loophole was super important. I think the other thing that was important, um, Mez, is that we're actually beating this thing, that we we band together as a team 
and we're winning and we love winning. We're really bad losers. 100%. 100%. And, you know, look, we, let's not lie. We're trying to beat New Zealand. We don't even care about America anymore. <laughs> we're just trying to, we're trying, we are so focused on trying to beat New Zealand to be better than them. It's something that doesn't, you know, we well, I suppose we probably should be better at them. It is actually quite a competitive thing. Merrick, do you think if we weren't actually seeing the positive impact of our actions, do you think we'd still keep doing them or would we just like, nah, throw our hands up in the air, go, I'm not doing this? We would definitely blow up. If, if, there was, if, there was, if there was no results, we are, at the end of the day, we are Australians. And it's like, I keep thinking about it in sporting terms. I think we will follow the coach's instructions as long as we see the wins on the board. And I think because the government, both uh, on a state level and on a federal level, have been doing really intelligent moves, I think that Australians is going, no, this is a good game plan. We are getting the wins on the board. Let's stick with this. But if it wasn't working... We would all be at the beaches right now drinking Coronas in a classic <laughs> Australian island. The great thing is, I think, Merrick, is that we we have a scoreboard. These graphs are basically yep. our scoreboard and makes it quite easy to get your head around. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's good too. And I think it's really good for Australians to, to do some comparative viewing of stats from overseas. And I think our government should actually be reminding us of how other nations are doing well and other nations are doing poorly because – you know, when people particularly bring up, you know, the freedoms that we have in the country and that they're them being restricted. You look at America, which constantly talks about its freedoms, and you know, you, then you see people carrying military-grade weapons on the streets who are prepared to fight for their freedoms. That country now, as of today, has lost more of its citizens to coronavirus than they lost in the entire Vietnam War. Wow. Ten years of war, and they have been at war with coronavirus for about two months. So you've got to start asking yourself, when do you need to curtail those freedoms for the greater good of people? And if America had curtailed those freedoms earlier, then perhaps that number would be significantly lower. Yeah, amazing. Well, Merrick, great to speak to you. Um, We know you've gotten through it with wine and exercise, which is a bizarre combo, but it's working for you, so that's great. (laughs) Yeah, we're seeing your biceps all over social media, mate. Very into that. That's all I've got to offer at the moment. Good on you guys. Doing a great job. I love it. So that was comedian Merrick Watts. Jen? That sporting analogy really seems to make a lot of sense. We're very competitive. We do like competition. And it's interesting what he was um, sort of saying about we like competition but only when we're winning. Yeah, I'd hate Um, to see what we're doing when we're losing because I know in cricket we would get out sandpaper and tamper with the ball. (laughs) I don't know what the corona equivalent of that is. Let's go to the data on this with Dr. Rebecca Huntley, Australian social researcher. Rebecca, do we have any sort of data on what we think being Australian is? Like who do we think we are exactly? So, look, we do have lots of research on on how people, what they think are the kind of key traits of being Australian. There's a real conflict between what we say about ourselves and the iconography and the way we might describe being Australian and what we actually do. Big example, anybody that does an ad about being Australian, there's always images of people at the beach and, you know, in the bush and Uluru. But the reality is, is most of us live in suburbia clinging to (laughs) clinging to the coast in major cities. And only very, very wealthy people get to live by the beach. And very, very few of us live in the bush. So we have these kinds of, we imagine what being Australian is, and then we are actually something else. And I suppose another part of that is we always seem to think of ourselves as laid back. But actually, if you look at the stats, over the years, Australians are some of the most, um, are kind of pretty hard workers. In fact, there's been times where in the OECD, we are the country that do the most amount of unpaid overtime. Yeah. We talk about ourselves as rebellious, 
but actually we're extraordinarily, if you've ever tried to break into a line to get one of those hot jam donuts <laughs> at the footy, like you try and sidle in or whatever, you'll see very quickly that nobody likes <laughs> queue jumpers and everybody gets very upset. So we have these images of what we're like and we have these actual, you know, the actuality, the lived reality of what it is to be Australian. Yeah, we've been watching the Swedish example and um, the idea there is that people don't need laws, they will follow directions. Um, But when you looked at Australia, we were told to socially isolate and not go to the beach, but everyone went to the beach. But once there was a rule saying don't go to the beach, we stopped going to the beach. Is that how it works here? As human beings, we follow the herd. So if you happen to be walking around and you see, oh, there's all these people at the beach or there are these people queuing up, you suddenly get permission to be able to do that. What I think happens much more is that if the social cues are to comply with the law, what you'll actually get is a whole lot of people, instead of breaking the law, finding ways to enforce it, you get a lot of people dobbing on other people, a lot of people giving people filthy looks if they don't do Do you reckon we're a nation of dobbers, Rebecca? Well, we say we're not, but we are definitely a nation of rule enforcers. This is not necessarily a bad thing. This is a good thing. So, Rebecca, you've pointed out that who we think we are and who we really are is quite different. Given what the data says about who we are and the way we act, has the true Australian nature actually positioned us really well and driven our success in dealing with COVID-19? Look, it has. And look, interestingly, helpfully, the ABC has just done a big first wave of a survey about how people are feeling about coronavirus. I did notice that the biggest emotional impact of coronavirus for most of us has been boredom, which shows how much we do love doing stuff, particularly in you know going out to restaurants and seeing our friends and all the rest of it. While there's been lots of negative impacts that have come out of the coronavirus that the survey has shown, one of the ones that has increased is this sense of solidarity. While it's anecdotal, we are seeing some really interesting stories about neighbourhoods coming together, people checking in on each other. Love that. I'm glad to see that we're doing so well. Rebecca Huntley, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. That was social researcher Rebecca Huntley there talking to us and really interesting that we think we're one thing and it turns out that maybe we're actually the opposite of the Which has worked out well in this scenario. There's a part of me that's really glad that we're actually not these kind of renegade anti-authoritarian people who you know, have downloaded an app and who do follow rules because, as you say, it has absolutely worked out in our favour here. That idea of competition, you know, I think it's going to stay with me for a bit. I'm going to mull over that this weekend, Mm. you know, the idea that um, we love competition so long as we're winning. And I'm really glad that we're doing really well in this pandemic, but I do wonder... If we weren't doing as well, I just, I wonder where we'd be. All right. Thank you very much, Jan. That was a fascinating conversation. Yeah, pleasure. Mm, that is the briefing podcast for another week, Jan. Hit us up on our social medias, yeah. you know, say hi. What are you thinking? What are you liking or not liking? What are the stories you want us to look into? And have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah. And do that on the Instagram accounts. Probably the easiest way to do it at the briefing podcast. Follow us on the gram. Yeah. And have a great weekend. No coronas at the beach just yet. No, ma'am. A Podcast One production.